Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us online this week. I'm not sure what your week has looked like, but if it's like mine, it's been a little chaotic and very, very different. I've had this thought that it's kind of starting to feel a little bit like Groundhog Day because we all have had to massively adjust out of our normal routines to whatever now is becoming this new normal. And, and if you're like me, when you start your day, the first thing you're probably doing is asking yourself, man, what day of the week is it? So I thought as we were getting started today, having been bombarded by all kinds of messages related to the coronavirus and quarantine and everything else, that it would be good to maybe just share with you a little bit of good news. Now, if you're in our chat with us right now, can somebody just type, give me some good news. Last week, listen to this, last week we had more people joining us for service than we've ever had in the history of our church. And according to the analytics that we received last week alone, listen to this, we had over 5,000 unique viewers and that translates into almost 750 hours of streaming time. Do you know what that tells me? That we are living in a world today that is searching for answers. People are looking for peace during this unstable and uncertain time. And so I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking full advantage of this opportunity to share and to invite others to, to participate with us as a church online. And you know, this is a huge week. This is what we call Holy Week. We're going to provide some some opportunities for you to be able to experience Holy Week, even in the confines of your home, together with us online. Journey to the Cross will be online this year, and so if you just watch our social media to learn more about that, we'll get some information to you on how you can participate. It seems crazy that next weekend is Easter Sunday, and maybe you, like me, have some disappointment about, about not being able to gather together at our building but here's what I promise to you. I promise that we will make the best of our situation. I hate not being together, but I promise you next week we will celebrate. I will speak about our risen Savior. I will talk about His love for us. And listen, again, we have an amazing opportunity this week to invite your friends and your neighbors. Uh, we're going to provide for you some materials on Facebook that you can take and you can repost to be able to share the news of, of our gatherings together next weekend. We will have an incredible Easter celebration together, even though we're apart. And listen, a challenge to you is this. You better be rocking your Easter outfit next week. And I would love to see some pictures of that. So make sure that you post them and tag us so that we can see you. Can we, can we just pray right now? Pray over the week that lies ahead and what God wants to do today, but also what God will do next weekend. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you today and I just thank you that you, you are not surprised by the circumstances surrounding our lives right now. And you know our hearts, you know how we feel as we look forward to this week that lies ahead. Even though it will look so different to us, God, I know that even in this moment right now, you are with us in each of our different homes in rooms where we're watching today. And I ask that this would be a week where we would sense and know your presence in a real way. And right now, Father, I pray that through the rest of this message today, that you will speak to hearts, that you will bring comfort, that you will bring peace, that you will bring hope in the middle of a very chaotic world that we're living in right now. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. 
I heard a story not too long ago about an Episcopal priest who was kind of an itinerant preacher that had opportunity to go and speak at a church that he wasn't familiar with. And as he was preparing to deliver his message, he got up and he picked up his microphone and he kind of tapped on it but didn't hear anything. And so he leaned in a little bit closer to the microphone and he said to himself, there's something wrong with this thing. And then the crowd, the, the congregation responded because they'd been so well trained as church people. They responded by saying, and also with you. The story kind of illustrates the danger of the familiar. And we're, we're living this and learning this in a real way today in this situation that we're living in. And so I think we all realize now that there's lots of things that we have taken for granted. And if you're on our chat right now, why don't you just think of something and post on the chat right now one of those things that you can think of that you've taken for granted in your life. And if we're not careful, you see, we can become so steeped in routine that we stop paying attention to the things that really matter. So I have a couple of examples of things that I've been thinking about and some that others have sent to me this week as well. Here's a great one. How about haircuts? Boy, take for granted that we can just go get our hair cut or colored whenever we want. How about this? Eating out at restaurants. I'll tell you something that I know I took for granted. The opportunity to watch some sports on TV. How about our jobs? We've taken those for granted in many different ways. Or how about even just meetings? That we could have a meeting with real people in the same room at the same time. I, I guarantee if you have children... Uh, young or old, and they're still in school, right now one of the things that you know you took for granted was your children's teachers. Or perhaps it was just the opportunity to go to the grocery store and purchase and find the necessities that we need to just do life. Uh, Pastor Tommy told me one of the things that he missed was being able to clear his throat at the grocery store without people looking at him like he was a leper. <laughs> Or standing close enough to someone to hear them order a half-calf almond milk, two-pump, vanilla, triple latte. <laughs> we take a lot for granted, don't we? Can I tell you something that I know I've taken for granted? You. Hmm. Being able to be together. To worship together. I've taken for granted <clears throat> being able to hear your response while I'm teaching. And I know that I have taken for granted the opportunity for us to gather together to celebrate Holy Week, Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter. And so this week, man, my heart has been heavy as I've thought about the opportunity we have, even though we can't gather, to still be together, to still celebrate. And even though we're not in a room where we can feel and sense God's presence at the same time, we have an opportunity today. I know that he will meet us where we are. And so this, this weekend, I want to kick off this holy week taking a closer look at the biblical narrative of what often is called Palm Sunday. And this fits so perfectly with our series because there are many people that are crossing paths with Jesus all at the same time on this day. But before we get into the story, let me just give you a little bit of historical background. 
this Sunday begins the Passover celebration as as is Jewish custom. This time of year was the time of year where where we had opportunity or where they had opportunity to celebrate the miraculous deliverance of the nation of Israel from captivity in Egypt. And by the way, I would just tell you, if you've never had an opportunity to experience a Seder meal, you need to do that sometime. I would recommend you do that because it will give you a whole new perspective on the historical events surrounding this particular time. The Passover celebration not only celebrates the miraculous deliverance from slavery, but also more specifically, the nation of Israel's exemption from the 10th plague that we read about in, in the Old Testament. And in this setting, when Jesus is coming on the scene during this first Holy Week, let me just tell you some of the things that were true about the culture that he was coming into. Socially, the Jewish people were held captive by their hatred of the Romans and the Samaritans and the Gentiles. And then religiously, things looked so different. The the spiritual leadership had become captive to the law of Moses and relationship with God had, had become an elaborate system of following rules. And then politically, this was a very unique environment. The Jewish re, uh, religious leaders had, had politically positioned themselves within the Roman system, kind of like our current day lobbyists. And they had power that they didn't want to lose. And Jesus was a threat to this uh, power. And then the Jewish people were experiencing having been held captive by the Roman Empire for decades. So coming into this social climate, Jesus now is on the scene and he's been teaching and and he's been doing miracles. Just a few days before, Lazarus has actually come out of the grave, came back to life. There's excitement in the air and the crowd is gathering. Jesus is confronting the the religious leaders. And now, now in this moment, Jesus is getting closer to the epicenter of it all as he's getting close to Jerusalem. It's about to get real and the people can sense it and feel it and they know it. There's tension in the air. The Messiah is coming. Now the faithful, they're excited because they feel as though this is an opportunity to get freedom from the Romans. And the Pharisees, they're very nervous because Jesus had a following and they're beginning to plot a way to arrest Jesus. And all of this tension that I've been describing is what you and I know as the beginning of Holy Week. So let me tell you the story here just a little bit. What happens is Jesus is getting going to move towards Jerusalem and he tells his disciples to go and to get Jesus a donkey. And you know the story. He's now going to ride on that. And this is all about this prophecy being fulfilled. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 21, let's read this together. In Matthew 21, it says that this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You see, this is all about Old Testament prophecy coming true. The Messiah was coming, but he's coming humbly. Not in the way that they would have expected for him to come. Not in a violent way, not in a military kind of way. You see, his saving work wasn't what they were hoping for. Let's continue this story now in in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, verse 7. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and they threw their garments over the colt and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and the others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. 
This is the scene that we're all familiar with. If, you, if you've uh, heard the story and seen pictures before of Palm Sunday, what you might not know is that those palm branches were actually a symbol of freedom to the Jewish people. Let me show you real quick the Jewish coins that actually had these palm branches on them and the inscription or the words for the redemption of Zion. You see, this was a political statement. This was a statement about their desire to have freedom and their, their desire to be uh, outside of the captivity of the Roman Empire. Let's continue now in Matthew 21, verse 9. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. It's easy to miss some of those details because we've heard the story so many times, but you can imagine the entire city of Jerusalem is in an uproar. There's serious tension in the air. The Messiah is coming. Now, the Gospel of Luke also details this story, and the next part of the story just doesn't seem to fit. It doesn't seem to make sense. You see, because as all of this is unfolding and Jesus is on this donkey heading towards the city gate, there's a response that Jesus has to the crowd. And I want you to see this today because this is really where I want to spend some time focused in today. I want you to see how Jesus responded. Look at verse 41. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, look at this, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Jesus is grieving. In his heart, he's overwhelmed because the people were lost. They were lost in their circumstances without peace. True peace peace that only Jesus can give. There was a huge misunderstanding here. You see the nation, they were looking for a leader and Jesus seemed like the right guy for the job. The nation is looking for someone to lead an uprising to free them from the Roman Empire. But Jesus was on a totally different mission. A mission to free all of us, you and me, from a different kind of captivity. You see, Jesus knew something. He knew that we needed a different kind of freedom, that we needed a different kind of peace. And here is a clear observation from this passage of Scripture that we're reading. There are hundreds of people that are now crossing paths with Jesus. And all of them wanted Jesus to be something other than who he really was. I've been thinking this week that, that we all have a tendency to do this. You see, when our perspective of who God is becomes defined by our circumstances, when you and I do that, we most likely have it wrong. You see, the religious leaders, they completely misunderstood the things that Jesus was teaching. And the Jewish people, they were looking for their military leader to help them escape from the Roman Empire, this Messiah to restore their nation to pride. And when you and I do this, when we allow our circumstances to form who God is, we're mostly going to have it wrong too. So I was trying to think of a good way to illustrate this today, 
Because so often in our lives, and this is a clear example of it that you and I are living in today, our circumstances can become our focus instead of the reality of who God is. And then our circumstances can completely take over and completely change our perspective, get our focus off of who God really is. Let me give you a a perfect example of this today. Happens pretty easily, doesn't it? Something as small as this little virus becomes such a huge thing in our culture and completely blocks us from being able to understand the reality of who God is. There has to be a different way to do this, don't you think? That's why it's important for us to know that God uses my circumstances to do something in me. The Jewish people, they wanted freedom, a savior on a white horse to come and save the day. But God, God wanted a humble servant to come and save our souls. So how does all of this relate to you and I? goes back to this main thought. God wants to use our circumstances to do something in us. And I want you to remember this week, that first Palm Sunday, Jesus' reaction seemed out of place. He began to literally weep because in his heart, what he wanted more than anything else was for people to understand the way to peace. These people were looking for peace in the wrong place. And it's easy for that to happen when life gets crazy. Where do you find peace? Because you see, it's easy for you and I to allow life circumstances to completely take us over. So how is God in this season using these circumstances that we're facing to do something in you? Have you hit pause long enough to ask yourself this question, What is God trying to show me about my life? And I've been thinking about that a lot because there's so many things that now I see with a different perspective. For me, one of the things is priorities. Think about priorities and what is it that has become so such a big deal in your life. I love to watch sports, but I can tell you this. I spent an awful lot of time watching sports, even to the point of neglecting other things that are really good. Maybe maybe for you, you're learning like I have that that it's easy to not be present even when you're in the same room as your spouse or your children or your family or that we can take them for granted. Maybe, maybe you're realizing since there's been a pause put on all of our kids' activities that maybe, maybe our kids' activities have kind of taken over life and, and there's no real space. The hectic pace has caused us to, to live this life where there's no margin and no rest. Maybe it's that your job had become so important that it defined you, maybe even had importance above your family. Or maybe it's that your security was put in the wrong place and and we look at our resource or our savings, our retirement plan to be a place where we can find security. But now we're realizing that that's not really a place that, that we really do even have security. And maybe God's been speaking to you about your relationship with him. And how we need to prioritize that relationship with him. You know, I I heard this quote this week that this just fits so perfectly in this season that we're, we're living in together. Let's look at this. In the rush to return to normal, consider which parts of normal are worth rushing back to. What a challenge. And this is what's keeping me up at night. 
What is it that Jesus is trying to make sure that I understand during this season that I have been completely missing? And I hope that that keeps you awake a little bit this week, too. Because what is it that Jesus is trying to make sure that you understand during this season that you have been missing? Because you see, without a doubt, God wants to use my circumstances to do something in me. Wherever you are right now, let me just ask you this question. The thing that burdened Jesus as he was approaching Jerusalem is a burden for us today too. Do you have peace? You see, the reason that Jesus came for was for us to have peace regardless of our circumstances. And I want you to hear me today. The only way to know this kind of peace is to know him. And when things are shaken around us, you're not going to be able to make sense of this life without God being part of it. Listen, I want to go into a time of reflective worship together with you now. The team is going to come and we're going to sing this song that speaks to God's faithfulness regardless of life's circumstances. Will you allow now the words of this song to touch your heart as we reflect on this together?
What a powerful song. Those lyrics, man, they speak to this moment that we're living in now. And you know, sometimes it's easier to sing a song that, that communicates those things than, than even right now, because our world seems to be so shaken. We're worried about all kinds of things, and so many of these things that we're worried about are completely out of our control. And if you're like me, that's been real for you. But here's what we know today, and that's why this is so important, is that God wants us to feel, to sense, and to know His peace. And you and I can have that, but we will never experience that outside of our relationship with Him. And so if you're listening and watching today, and you've never initiated or began a relationship with Jesus by saying yes to Him, boy, today, what an awesome opportunity you have to experience and know God's peace in a completely new way. And I wanna pray with you today. And I also want to pray for all of the rest of us that in the middle of all of the crazy that we've been dealing with, that we would pause long enough to allow God to speak to us about some things that we might be more aware of now that He would want for us to change in our lives. Let's pray together. Father, I come before you right now and I ask that you would do something that I am completely incapable of and only you can do. And that is in each of these rooms that we are to, to today watching this, that God, you would move in a powerful way and we would begin to experience your peace over a very chaotic situation. Lord, our lives feel so out of control in so many ways and we're worried about so many things. But Lord, you are still faithful. And I ask today that you will help each of us know that peace. And Lord, especially those in this moment that understand that they need to take this next step, to take this step to, to say yes to a relationship with you. If that's you, will you just pray with me? God, I know I need you today. I want this peace that we've been talking about. I want to experience and know this personally. And I've never made this decision to say yes to you, so in this moment, I do. And I thank you for what we celebrate this week. We're celebrating that you sent your son to come and die on a cross. And today I say thank you because I know that you did that for me. I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to help me as I begin to lean into this relationship with you to know and experience your peace and to understand in a greater way what it means to have you as the Lord of my life. Father, for all of us, will you help us this week to find some time, to find a place to get quiet with you and to reflect on some of the things that now we're more aware of than ever, that you would want for us to see that we could make some changes in our lives to no longer be the same. Lord, help us to experience and know you in a very special way during this Holy Week. Prepare our hearts, God, for what you're gonna do next weekend as we celebrate Easter together. It's in your name we pray, amen.